How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to D.C. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. I'll I'll take you up to 3 o'clock here on this Wednesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold Today. The combination of myself, the legend, Scott Jackson of the DOC, Rick, Doc, Walker, we got you covered weekdays 12 to 3 right here on the Team 980. Expert analysis, fan reaction, and the biggest names in Burgundy and Gold history. A mountain of things to cover here in the next three hours. We'll have Grant Paulson, co-host of Grant and Danny on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. He's set to join us at 1 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on the Burgundy and Gold, specifically the quarterback situation. We'll take his temperature on that. Plus, we'll ask him... To evaluate the job Ron Rivera and company have done since taking over uh, here in 2020. So you definitely want to stick around for that. I started to get into this last night on overtime. But, man, I just, for the life of me, I, I really don't remember the last time I've been this conflicted after a Washington Commanders loss. And first off, you got to start by stating the obvious because it's it's deeper than just the Minnesota Vikings loss. This has been a full season-long event here. It's been a whirlwind from the -the off-the-field stuff with the ownership to the quarterback competition to the quarterback's position to the offensive line to the struggles of the offense as a whole. Defensively, you started out horrendous. But right now, as we sit here nine games into it, I really take it back to week one. And I remember after week one, I was thinking, man, this offense – This offense really has a chance, an opportunity to be not only just serviceable and improve off of what they did last year, but it felt as if this offense had the chance to be special. That Jacksonville game right now looks like an anomaly, a fluke almost. We had multiple guys touching the football. Seven different guys caught the ball for 20 or more yards. You were uber efficient on third down going 7-10. to You gained almost 400 yards of total offense. Carson Wentz was under center. He had moments that made your jaw drop. Yeah, he had a few plays to make you want to pull your hair out as well. But you can't tell me that after seeing this team perform in week one, you didn't have that feeling, so to speak, man. And defensively, defensively, you found out a bunch of things in week one as well. You had a budding star at the safety position in Derek Forrest. He makes a few splash plays defensively. You hold Jacksonville to three of 12 on third down after being one of the worst units in the league the year prior in that category, after week one, everything looked so bright for this group. And I'm rewinding all the way back to week one for a reason, man. Look at the way the narrative is flipped here in the last eight weeks. Defensively, to start this season, we were ripping Jack Dorio and Newen every chance we had the opportunity to do so. We knew 
We knew the struggles that this defense had last year, but the fact that they persisted early on in this season really had us scratching our heads. And what was so baffling about it to me was, offensively, you were getting big-time production. You take out the Washington Commanders' performance offensively against Detroit, and you take out the performance against the Jaguars, this offense looks horrendous. Looks like a JV-level offense. The fact that your two highest-scoring outputs come came in the first two weeks of the season lets you know just how far you've dropped off offensively here. And I think right now it's fair to say the offense is clearly holding this football team back. I don't think it's really much of a debate. I just think it's staggering the way that this commander's offense has fallen off a cliff really since the second half in week two against Detroit. You can't tell me that after week one, you didn't have that feeling of, wow, you know, we finally we finally got it figured out at the quarterback position. But as we sit here on November the 9th, I don't know if this franchise has ever been further away from a solution at the game's most important position. And it really is sad because this regime, talking about Ron Rivera and company, have failed to successfully address quarterback in three straight off-seasons. Three straight off-seasons. You failed to address the game's most important position. And I think this season, this season it's really going to sting. And you're really going to see just how much it matters that you don't have a quarterback. And here's why. Don't look now. But from my vantage point, man, this current version of the Washington Commanders defense is the best we've seen since Ron Rivera t- has taken over this team. Not even an up for debate, in my opinion. And what's amazing about it is you haven't even added the heart and soul of this football team to the mix, talking about Chase Young. Man, it's I, I have to catch myself here when I when I talk about this group, because I don't want to get overly animated. It's not worth it at this point. But Sunday, Sunday confirmed to me really what I've been thinking since the Philadelphia game. This offensive performance that they've gotten here in the past six, seven weeks is egregious. Defensively, defensively, you're playing good enough to keep you in football games despite the dormant performance that you're getting from your offense. Is it good enough to win games for you defensively? They tried their damnedest on Sunday against Minnesota, an offense that, let's be honest, isn't void of weapons by any stretch. But, man, after Sunday, I really am at a point right now where I've hit a crossroads, so to speak. I am genuinely torn about the potential of this group for the remainder of the season. You can't win in this league with the offensive production that Washington's gotten really since that second half against Detroit. And what's so frustrating about it, and why I say it's going to sting, so to speak, is you are completely wasting a playoff effort from this defense. And in my opinion, it's because egos are in the way. The numbers offensively right now are flat-out embarrassing, especially for a group that's been running the same scheme for three years now. This isn't anything new that you're doing offensively right now here in Washington. Scott Turner has been the play caller here for the past three seasons, and we haven't seen any improvement in three years on that side of the football. Damn what we have saw this year. It's about the big picture for me. Ever since he's gotten here, this offense has been mediocre. So at some point, at some point, you got to hold folks accountable. And what's more frustrating for me is that the quarterback that you're running the system with, you've been with the guy for six, seven years. If you, if you, if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me Sunday, if I was a blind fan, if I had no clue about anything in the National Football League, and you told me that Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke had been working together for six seasons, you'd think you'd be able to muster up a more productive offensive performance than what you got Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. There is plenty of blame to go around, but at some point I just feel like guys got to execute. 
been in a locker room like this before. At some point, the guys on defense are going to get fed up. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's be 110% honest. This offense has been holding this football team back for weeks now. For weeks. And my issue is we've seen very little changes to fix it. What's it going to take? How long are you going to tolerate this offensive performance, Ron Rivera, before you step in and do something? Someone over in that building needs to wake the hell up. What type of message are you sending to the rest of this locker room? Remember when the defense was struggling early on in the season? They were calling guys out in press conferences. Guys got benched. Hell, eventually traded. Defensively, when, when, when this team struggled early on in the season, you saw them make adjustments. There was accountability. Where is that on the offensive side of the football? When do the changes come? You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I don't know if it's quarterback. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's offensive coordinator Scott Turner. But, at, but the bottom line is, at some point, somebody has got to be held accountable on that side of the ball because you're flat out wasting a playoff effort from this commander's defense. Just getting jamming here on the Burgundy and Gold today. You all know how I get down. It's the People Show. Tap it with me all show long. One of two ways. Team 980 listener lines wide open. 301-230-0980. Twitter and Instagram. You can tap it with me there as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. When we come back, I want to hear from you guys. Sunday, this team had their three-game winning streak snapped. But for about 50 minutes of that football game, it felt as if Washington was in complete control of everything that was going on. There are a lot of silver linings that you could take away from Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings. When we come back, I want to hear from you guys. What did you learn in Washington's loss Sunday to the Minnesota Vikings? I'll tell you what I think. Plus, take your calls next. This is the Burgundy and Gold today. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
Welcome back. It's the Burgundy and Gold today here on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Taking you up to 3 o'clock. The conversation at hand right now is about Sunday's loss against the Minnesota Vikings. And I know we're at the middle of the week and we're supposed to be looking ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll do that as the show progresses here this afternoon, man. But I just couldn't, couldn't help but talk about this with you guys because Sunday, man, it was one of those rare feelings for me where I was, look, I'm disappointed that the team lost, but I just felt like, man, this team feels like it's turned a corner, man. Sunday you went and took on one of the NFL's best teams, one of the only one-loss teams left remaining in the entire NFL, and you gave them everything they could handle for the better part of 60 minutes. Like I said in the open, for for about 50 minutes or so during that football game, it felt as if Washington was going to rattle off their fourth straight victory. Could you imagine the conversation that we'd be having right now if Washington won Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings? Because right now, I don't know whether we're caught between, it feels like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. There are plenty of positive takeaways from the lost Sunday against Minnesota, but I still feel as if Washington's still missing it, so to speak, at the game's most important position. There were plenty of things that I learned Sunday in the loss to Minnesota. I want to hear what you guys learned as well. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. You can tweet at me as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I'll kick things off for us here, man. The number one thing that I really learned Sunday uh, in the loss to Minnesota, and I hit on it in the open, man, it was confirmed to me. I don't even want to say I learned it. It was confirmed to me that this defense is amongst the best units in all the National Football League, and I think we might owe Jack Del Rio an apology because the numbers don't lie. Physically, up front, Really, for the past month or so, Washington has just been whipping people's ass along the defensive line. John Allen playing at an MVP level. Deron Payne playing at an all-pro level. You've got two of your defensive tackles leading this thing right now. And the beautiful part about it is they're growing. They're still getting better, right? John Allen got his big contract last offseason, and he came out and provided his best statistical performance of his career. Not only not only did he do that, he's now doubled down on it here in the first half of the 2022 season. This is the best ball we've seen John Allen play. This is the best ball that we've seen Deron Payne play. And the beautiful thing about it is, look, we all are well aware of the contractual situation that's going on right now in Washington. Deron Payne is set to be a free agent at season's end. But man, I love it when a guy makes the decision super tough for you. Because right now, if you're Washington, how are you not hell-bent on re-signing this guy at season's end? The play of John Allen and Deron Payne have elevated this entire defense. The numbers are staggering, man. And it's crazy because for three years now, it felt as if we were waiting for this group to reach their potential. Last year, defensively, you all know the numbers were ugly. You were historically bad on third down. You gave up the most passing touchdowns in football. There was real cause for concern a year ago about this defense. And if you all remember this offseason, it was about August, right before week one, I posed the question out there, is this commander's defensive line one of the most overrated units in the entire sport? Well, clearly... My man first, I always say that. I have to apologize. It's a ridiculous question that I asked. At the time, it wasn't. But after what I've seen for the past nine weeks, not only is this commander's defensive line not overrated, at this point, I think they may be underrated. They are single-handedly keeping Washington in football games right now. I told you the numbers, the numbers are staggering. You're third in pressure rate in the entire National Football League. You're 11th in sacks in the entire National Football League. Defensively, at all three levels, you're getting it done. You've got the fourth fewest missed tackles in all of the National Football League. Like I said, they're kicking people's ass up front. They lead the NFL 
in QB knockdowns. You're third in tackles for loss. This is the third best defense in the league on third down. After last year, you were historically bad. So the beautiful part about it is we're seeing improvements along this commander's defense. And right now, after Sunday's loss, the question I was asking to myself is, man, we know the limitations that this group has offensively, right? But it felt like we were a player two away defensively from that group single-handedly winning you the football game. So you got to give credit where credit is due. That was really the number one thing that I learned in Sunday's loss to Minnesota is this defense is for real. Because before that, the last three weeks, really four weeks, dating back to Tennessee, you played four bad offenses. Sam Ellinger, the team that Washington played last weekend with the Colts, were held to three points this past Sunday against the New England Patriots. So they aren't for real offensively. You did yeoman's work against them. Green Bay suffered their fifth straight loss Sunday against Detroit. Aaron Rodgers throws two red zone interceptions. You were really good against them as well. But the difference about Sunday is you did it against one of the league's best units. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson have one of the best connections and rapports in all the sport right now. And you figured out a way to do enough to win. You gave up 20 points to Minnesota. And really, I I really say you only gave up 13 points because that touchdown that they scored in the fourth quarter, they did it working from Washington's 15-yard line. Of course you're going to give up points when your offense turns the football over and puts you in bad predicaments. But my number one takeaway, man, from Sunday's loss to Minnesota is this defense right now clearly is one of the best units in football, and I'm starting to get an itch. I'm starting to get a hunch that maybe they're good enough to single-handedly win football games for you. What else did I learn? And this is really my my number two takeaway, and this may ruffle some feathers here. Based off of what I saw Sunday, and it's not just based off of what I saw Sunday. It's what I've seen really for the last month. The problems that you have right now offensively simply are not fixable in the year 2022. And here's why. You need to make some sweeping personnel changes that just simply aren't possible right now with you still being in season. You need another draft class. You need another free agent class to get this thing going, man. You don't have it figured out at the game's most important position. We'll we'll, we'll get deeper into the quarterback spot as the show rolls on here. We'll get deeper into the quarterback spot as the show rolls on. But, man... Overall, like I said, I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator and Scott Turner. I don't know if it's the quarterback. But something's got to give here for Washington offensively. You can't continue to waste the all-star level performance that you're getting out of this defense right now. The numbers don't lie, man. Over the last month, Washington is top 10 in points per game. You're seventh in sacks over that four-game stretch. They're figuring it out. You got to reward them. You got to reward them. And the damning thing about it is Sunday against Minnesota, you put them in bad spots time in and time out, and they bailed you out. Anytime you go three of ten on third down offensively and your defense only gives up 20 points, that's a win. That's a win. What more can you ask out of that group? I know there's going to be a sector of the fan base that feels like, well, they still gave up 20 points. They gave up a big play every now and then. What do you expect when you're constantly being left out to dry by this offense? And the frustrating part about it is I I really do feel this way. I don't think the offensive problems are fixable in 2022. I think you're stuck. Unless Scott Turner could pull his head out of his you-know-what and figure out a way to scheme things up for this offense, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. Remember the conversation we had last week about was this style of play sustainable for Washington? And what I mean by that style of play is you leaning heavily on the running game. And they did it again Sunday. This is the fourth straight game they run the football 25 or more times. 30 carries Sunday for a buck 37. That's good for 4.6 yards a pop. 
That's great. What more can you ask out of the commander's rushing attack? But here's the thing. You only scored 17 points. At some point, you're going to have to crack 20 in order to beat good teams in this league, in order to beat a Minnesota, in order to beat a Philadelphia. And you all know the conversation all last week was how are they going to perform against the quote-unquote big boys of the National Football League, the Minnesotas, the Philadelphias. We said this two-game stretch coming up here was going to be the perfect litmus test for this commander's football team. And after Sunday, man, I really feel like, damn, they've got it figured out on the defensive side of the football. But offensively, they're holding themselves back. And it's so frustrating because, like I said, This is the third straight year running this offensive scheme and system. When do we see changes? When do we see growth? When do we see improvement? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it sure as hell doesn't feel like in the three years that Scott Turner's been the offensive coordinator, it sure as hell doesn't feel like this offense has taken any steps forward. The one silver lining offensively that I think there is at least you've got your identity established, right? At least you know what type of football team you're going to be. But the thing about it is when you identify who you're going to be offensively, you got to stick with it. Look at the Tennessee Titans. They're 29th in the NFL in points per game. But one thing's for certain, two things for sure. Through hell or high water, they're going to make sure Derrick Henry touches the football 25-plus times a game. They're going to make sure that they try to establish the line of scrimmage up front offensively and run the football. There's a mentality and a culture that's been established in Tennessee with the Titans. And I think it's possible for you to create that exact same culture here in D.C. The question is, is Scott Turner going to be committed to sticking to the running game? Monday, when I was on here with Doc, a lot of you called in and were frustrated with Scott Turner about him not sticking with the run game. I can't blame you. Anytime you're averaging 4.6 yards a pop on the ground, shouldn't be too hard to stick with the running game, especially when it seems like the last month here, you've clearly established what type of team you're going to be offensively. 301-230-0980 is the number on the Team 980 listener lines. The question at hand It's uber simple right now. What did you learn about the Washington Commanders in Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? I told you I learned about this defense. And I also told you this offense, based off of what I saw Sunday, the problems aren't fixable in 2022. You need an offseason. You need a draft class. You need a free agency class to come and infuse some more talent along this offense. I don't know if it's Scott Turner. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's the quarterback. I do know this, you must be better moving forward on that side of the football. Grant Paulson, co-host of Grant and Danny, set to join us at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll continue to run through the, because i got a laundry list of things that I learned. We'll hear from you guys as well. 301-230-0980 is the number. What did you learn in Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? Your call's next. Here on the Team 980. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, 
we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're just getting rolling here on this Wednesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. Hit the rewind button a little bit to start the show. Going back to Sunday's loss against the Minnesota Vikings for the Washington Commanders. Because as I've stated all show long, man, it really feels as if Sunday, despite this team losing, they might have turned a corner. They might have turned a corner. I had some things that were confirmed to me on Sunday in the loss to Minnesota. And the big thing that I've been harping on here is defensively, you cannot continue to waste this effort. What do I mean by that? This offense has got to rise to the occasion. This offense has got to help you out in some form or fashion here. Right? Because like I said, the thing that kind of makes me go, well, the hell with it all. I just really don't feel like their offensive problems, talking about the commanders, are fixable. In 2022. Want to hear from you guys, though. Team 980 listening lines wide open. 301-230-0980 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What did you learn about the Washington Commanders in their loss Sunday to the Minnesota Vikings? The one big thing that I learned, which was something that, once again, I didn't learn it. It was confirmed to me based off what we saw Sunday. You still have yet to address quarterback properly since you've taken over. Year one, you inherited Dwayne Haskins in a situation where if you really had say-so and you really believed in Dwayne, you would have kept him, but you didn't. You have a COVID outbreak at the end of the year where you have to sign Taylor Heineke off the streets. He starts a playoff game for you. It's a feel-good story. Your defense played well. Helped you limp into an NFC East title. And then how did they follow it up? How did they follow it up the year before, the year after? With Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to be the guy to save the day offensively last year for the Washington Commanders. Anybody who's ever watched professional football should be able to understand Ryan Fitzpatrick was not going to be the answer for Washington at quarterback. This is where my frustration lies, right? As someone who is the head coach and the de facto general manager, it's very clear you're incompetent at the latter part of that because here's why. Team building one-on-one, ladies and gentlemen, what do all of the contenders across the National Football League have on their roster? It's easy. They all have a quarterback. They all have a premier left tackle. They all have a premier edge rusher, and they have a lockdown corner. Washington's got a couple of those things. I think we have a couple of premier edge rushers in Chase Young and Montez Sweat. The defensive line is a collective. Fills that bill. Left tackle, got a serviceable guy there in Charles Leno. He was okay through the first nine weeks of this season. Sunday, I felt like he had his worst performance of the year or his worst performance since Detroit. But he didn't single-handedly cost you the football game. The big area that this team is missing right now, and it's pretty obvious to anybody that's got eyes, is you don't have a quarterback. So until they address that position, which I feel like they can't do until next offseason, you're stuck in no man's land. And you're jeopardizing, you're jeopardizing having this stellar defensive performance that you've gotten over the last six weeks Go to waste. And that's what frustrates me the most. That's where I can't really take too much more of it, right? 
Because you know, you know defensively that right now this group is good enough on defense to, to punch your ticket to the postseason, so to speak. You know defensively right now you've got the hogs, you've got the horses to go to battle with and win. And I keep hearing media members say how tight-knit this locker room is. One of the things that can separate a very close group in the locker room is when one side of the football is clearly not holding up their end of the bargain. Like I said, what type of message are you sending to the guys in this locker room, Ron Rivera? Last year, excuse me, earlier this year, defensively when you struggled, guys were called out in press conferences, guys were benched, and you made adjustments. And guess what? To their credit, it worked. Shocker. Shocker. When you switch things up, you get different results. When are we going to get that on the offensive side of the football? I can't keep watching the same product that they're putting out in the field right now. You're wasting the effort of this defense. You're wasting the effort of the special teams unit. At some point, people have to be held accountable. It's one of several things that I learned Sunday in the loss to Minnesota. What did you guys learn? I want to hear from you. 301-230-0980 is the number. Let's go to Ron and Ashburn. (laughs) Is this Ron Rivera? I wish it was because I'd be doing things a lot different. <laughs> What'd you learn, buddy? Here, I learned. I can actually. I'll use your word. Uh, you've basically been mimicking everything I was going to say. Um, Rivera is clearly a defensive guy and leaves the offense totally up to Scott Turner. And one thing I've learned is when you rush up the middle against a guy that's less than six foot tall. <laughs> oh, did the foam monsters get him? Hey, Ron and Ashburn, if you aren't actually Ron Rivera, call back in. Even if you are Ron Rivera, I encourage you to call into this program. 301-230-0980 is the number on the Team 980 listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Question pretty simple right now. What did you learn in Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? Let's go to Aaron in Maryland. What's happening? What's going on, Aaron? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I I can't believe what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. But this is what I learned. What'd you I've learn? learned that it wasn't Scott Turner's fault. I want you guys to think about this. So we got Heineke, right, last year. Right. They said that, listen, this is not our guy. We have our guy in Wentz. Well, we know that's a lie. So now the offense is being handicapped, okay? Right. Ryan Rivera said in his press conference, that the thing that frustrates him about Heineke is the play when he threw the interception. Logan Thomas was open, but he made a bad play. I think that Scott Turner understands what we have in Heineke, which isn't much. That's why we went and brought, paid $28 million for a quarterback to replace him. The thing that I've learned is Heineke cannot play in this league. I'm so sorry. He's not a starter, and he's definitely not a backup as well. Wow. And that's what I've Aaron, I, Aaron, I'll push back on you saying he's not a backup. You don't think he's a backup at least? He can't throw. He can't throw. How, 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 no, he's not. He can't Can he throw, throw consistently. I, 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 No, trust me, buddy. I completely Listen, agree with you. When man. he threw that ball down the field on the touchdown, <laughs> he threw it in the quadruple coverage. I mean, it was one of the but worst decisions is, I'd ever seen made at the NFL level. But that's not the first worst decision that no, he's made. He's no, made not. a lot of bad decisions. So it's it's like we, he is who we think he is. Yeah. He's not a starter. He's not a backup. He, he's just not. I mean, it's a great story, but it won't count as wins and losses. And the thing that really that I really learn is, oh, he's a good guy for the team and so on and so forth. Well, we got to remember we're playing against other professional players who have a job to stop people uh, to do their jobs. So that, those are the things that I learned. Hey, and I appreciate your call, man. Look, I – Took the words right out of my mouth. And I think that's an interesting caveat nugget that Aaron brought to the forefront here. And I might just believe Aaron. It sure as hell does feel like, yes, Ron Rivera is the head coach, but he's the head coach of the entire football team. Right now, it sure as hell does feel like Scott Turner has complete and total autonomy of the offense. And there is no one else making decisions on the offensive side of the football, not named Scott Turner. That, ladies and gentlemen, would be a problem, and here's why. Since Scott Turner's gotten here, this is the first time he had ever been a play caller in his career. 
And since he's gotten here, it's three years now of evidence and data, this offense has not improved. Straight up. In this offseason, and, and I still I still give Scott Turner the benefit of the doubt, and here's why. And I was saying it all offseason long. It's difficult for me to evaluate the performance of an offensive coordinator when he does not have the quarterback under center that he wants. Now, that argument goes out of the window if, in fact, Scott Turner was indeed in charge of making the decision to acquire Carson Wentz. Because for the first six weeks of the season, this offense looked inept. Jacksonville, outside, I'll say outside of the big plays against Jacksonville, you struggled for the most part. It took you, you had to score two fourth quarter touchdowns to really seal the deal in that football game. Against Detroit in the first half, they were abysmal. But then they turned it around in the second half because they were able to manufacture big plays offensively. During the first six weeks with Carson Wentz under center, it became very apparent. If they were not connecting on the deep ball, if they were not creating big plays in the passing game, they struggled. Look at the Tennessee Titans game. It's the perfect example for you. You go back to that game against Tennessee, and for Carson Wentz to throw for 359 yards offensively, and the team only score 17 points, you don't think that's an issue? He threw for 359 yards offensively, yet you were only able to score 17 points. It's been feast or famine with this commander's offense all season long, even when Carson Wentz was in there at quarterback. And we'll discuss the quarterback position in depth here as the show rolls on here. But, man, through six weeks when Carson Wentz was the starter, I don't know if I felt better or worse about this commander's offense because there are clear differences in him and Taylor Heineke's game. Taylor Heineke, the numbers will tell you, since he's taken over as the starter, Washington and their average yards to gain on third down, much improved because he's taking less sacks. Because he's moving the football more than Carson Wentz was. See, Carson Wentz wasn't really efficient as the commander's quarterback. All of their success offensively was predicated on connecting on these deep shots. And when that wasn't happening and when teams were taking that away, they struggled. They struggled. But my thing is, you can't play that style of ball. You got to be able to pick up first downs on a consistent basis. You can't constantly be in second and long and third and long. You cannot win that way. We saw it through the first six weeks of the season. So at some point, it goes back to what I've been saying. At some point, if you're not getting the results you want offensively, at what point do you consider making a change? Whether it's offensive coordinator, quarterback, or offensive line. The three spots that we all know as fans have been the Achilles heel of this group. At some point, you got to make a switch. 301-230-0980 is the number on the Team 980 listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What did you learn in Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? Let's go to Tippy. Who's in week one? What's going on? What's going on, Tippy? Vanell, thanks for taking my call, Where you buddy. been at, man? Man, I'm, things been going on. You know how it I is. I got you. I got hey, you. Hey, dog. Good hearing from you. Yeah, good to talk to you and definitely enjoying the show. Uh, hey, I ain't no company, man. I told you all these things in August, bro. You did. Hey, yes, I did. I told you Carson Wentz had the peanut for a brain. <laughs> I told you Taylor Heineke, he lost in a punt pass and kick contest to two 12-year-olds. His, <laughs> pass went, his pass went 38 yards. And they keep doubling down on this guy. You think they were the double down king like Tyree Hitler or something, you know? <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, man. They got to get rid of this bum. I told you in August that Sam Howe is the man. <laughs> he can drive the team down the field. And look, in all due respect to Taylor Heineke, he's gone a long way. Man, I, it ain't like I don't respect the guy. But it's time for him to go down to North Carolina, find some nice doctor, and rent a basement <laughs> apartment. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I know company, man. These fans suck, man. All right. There ain't no other 
you turn on any other game, and it's that, that TV's pulsating. I couldn't believe how many Minnesota fans are going on. It's like there's every single game. I'm not blaming the people who are there, but the well, rest of you. them, man, that ain't happening. RFK, you couldn't hear yourself think. That's what real fans are. You can't hear yourself think. Hey, hey, Timmy, I appreciate the call, my brother. Yeah, look, he hit it right on the head. I, I, I do – I do want to push back against the Minnesota thing. They're, they're a crowd and fan base that travels well for the most part. I will say that. And going back and watching the TV copy, there were moments in that game where FedEx was was rocking. There was a legit home field advantage. Like I said, man, for 50 minutes of that football game, it felt as if Washington was going to win. It felt as if they were dominating a 6-1 and football team. There's got to be some type of silver lining or takeaways from that. There's got to be reasons for optimism when you put out a performance like that. But I still am beating the same drum offensively until they make any type of changes. This football team will never, ever reach its full potential. And it must stink for the guys on defense, man, because they're playing balls to the wall right now, and they're giving you everything they got. And that's all you can really ask for, man. I understand when somebody's not physically good enough to do the job. I'm okay with that. But that's not the case offensively. There is talent. There have been resources invested in that side of the football. It just looks like right now the decision makers didn't invest in the right spots. You can't have, you can't want to be known as a drop back passing offense that's going to quote unquote push the football down the field if you can't give your damn quarterback the time to throw. 301 230 0980 is the number here on the Team 980 listener lines. The question is simple. There are a lot of positive things that you could take away from Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings. What was the number one thing that you learned, though, in Washington's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? Let's go to Billy in Manassas. What's happening? What's going on, Billy? Yeah, hey, man. Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, tough love for Heineke there. I think he's the only reason why we're actually having chances to win games right now. Uh, what? If you don't give your quarterback... If you don't give your quarterback time, you got to have legs. He's got legs. I agree with that. Uh, he's got moxie. He's got that Doug Flutie sort of thing to him where he's undersized and uh, he still wants to win. So I know the defense has been doing their job, and thank God. But, uh, you know, I think they're crushing him a little too hard here uh, from what we've seen here prior. He's in there. He's doing the best that he can. And he's Billy. giving us a chance Billy, though. to win. Billy, Billy, how can you say he's giving you a chance to win? When he single-handedly threw you out of that football game on Sunday, man. Because, well, that first of all, we were playing a much better team. Who okay? cares? Who do you, know, you want to be? One, five, well, no, it, it does matter. As a team that knows how to win, we don't. So we're learning our path. I think he did a great job. Yes, there were some bonehead plays, but there's going to be. Um, Can I, I ask you a question, Billy? Can I ask you a quality question, Billy? He's not a quarterback in this league. is ridiculous. No, I do think he's a backup, but I agree with the call. I disagree with the call who said he wasn't. Let me ask you this, though, Billy. How can you say that he helped this football team win on Sunday? What did he do? Well, obviously they didn't win, so he didn't help them win. He made, about three, he made about three or four good throws all game long, Billy. He, well, that, that was what was called upon him, and that's what he did. He also made No, good Billy, runs. it's not, though. See, it's not. Listen to this, though. Listen to the numbers. To get away from – there... listen – Wentz would have been sacked at least three or four more times in that game. Hey, Is that you fair? do have a hundred percent valid point with that, but we all know that. Okay, Taylor so, Heineke's proven okay, that since he's no, taken over. We, we don't, but we know he's got legs and he can extend plays. What I'd like to see to answer your question, what I don't see or what I wish I could see is more isolation plays. I'd like to see us try to isolate our backs or McLaren or, or you know, or just do a little better job of trying to isolate. The Redskins seem to do I'm sorry, the uh the commanders seem to do better when they're stretching the field and they're kind of playing that sandlot football. That seems to work out a little bit better for them. So I'd like to see something tailored around Taylor uh, no where he can use his legs and break out there. So that's what I got. But I think we're being a little hard on him. I, I just don't like to hear B- Billy, if you think I'm be- Billy, if you think I'm being hard now, wait till you hear the remainder of the show. 301-230-0980 is the number. Are we punch drunk as a fan base here? I was waiting for somebody to call in. With that type of energy. Are we punch drunk as a fan base? What the hell are you watching? Seriously. If you really feel like Taylor Heineke is trying to help this football team win games, you should be drug tested. The numbers don't lie. 
not only do the numbers not lie, your eyes don't lie either. You can't tell me, based off of the four quarters of play that you saw Sunday against Minnesota, that Taylor Heineke is anything more than a backup. I don't want to have that conversation anymore. It's tiring. It's tiring. The numbers speak for themselves. He was 15 and 28 for a buck 49. We're all in agreement here. We're not liars here. We're passionate, but we're not stupid. We all know the touchdown pass that he threw to Curtis Samuel. The second play of the second half. You got a better chance of going out and hitting the Powerball before that happens again. You threw the football into triple coverage, son. And you're telling me that's good enough for you? I don't give a damn about Moxie. I don't care about a feel-good story. At some point, you got to be a grown-up at the position, and he's not. And that's the difference right now between this football team and some of the upper echelon groups in the National Football League. We have a competent defense. We don't have it figured out at the game's most important position. And until we do that, this is going to continue. But for anybody that wants to call in here and defend Taylor Heineke, please come with your gloves on. Please come with your gloves on because I'm ready for you. If you take out the fluke touchdown to Curtis Samuel, he threw for 100 yards in four quarters. Mike Maher could go out and do that. The producer of the show, he could go do that. He threw for 100 yards over four quarters, and yet you guys will still try to defend him. What's wrong with you all? It's embarrassing. It really is. Because I expect more. This is a smart, passionate fan base. But at some point, man, you got to separate your personal affection for a guy and just evaluate the X's and O's. He's not getting it done. Period. Go to Little in Northwest what's happening. What's going on, Little? Yeah, let me let me help you out, big fella. Let me help you out in there. Yeah, he's not with the prototype arm and all that, which you what we look what we normally see with, with these young quarterbacks out here in the team in college. But man, look, if you go back to some of the YouTube, I'm gonna make this real quick. Your boy the boy your boy um Scott Turner not using him the right way, man. All that stuff he did on you on on, on, on a few years back. On time and plays, he has a soft arm. What do you mean a few years back? Call. When is Taylor Heineke okay, ever Okay, go been look successful? at YouTube. Go look at YouTube and look at the games in 2021 that he led him up the field. The kind of play calling. In 15 One thing starts. about Turner, hold, look, don't little. get rid of me yet. I'm not dropping Let, you. Hold on, little, hold on. I have a question hold for on you. There. Little, 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 little. Hold We're good. We have, little, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of time. Let me say this. Little, hold on. Let me say this. In 15 games last year, he threw 20 touchdowns in 15 picks. What more do you need to see? He got me off the phone. Go ahead. Turner, Turner won't call a consecutive. Okay, he'll get 10 yards off a running play. He won't come back to that play. This is what our problem been with this crowd you know coordinator over you know the last three years. how difficult it must years. be to call oh, plays if you're offensive coordinator Scott one play as a parable. I'm going to use this one play as a parable. He went, to, he went left on the read. He went left with my man on the jet sweep and got 15, 20 yards with that, with that, quarter, that quarterback tight end. How come you ain't come back to the right with the man that run the play? They run the play. And on that on that interception he threw, you punt the ball in there. You you make you make Kirk Cousins go to field. Our defense was playing good. It's no, the I play calling, it's the coaching. It's our coaching, man. It's common sense coach. Punt the ball, keep them inside the twenty, and make Kirk Cousins drive the field. Hey little, I appreciate the call, brother. Look, I, I do agree with what Little said. Scott Turner is not to be without blame in this situation. And I think we all understand that as a fan base. Scott Turner is not to be without blame. But a Little also makes another point. They got to do a better job playing to the strengths of Taylor. But I do want to give Scott Turner this piece of credit. You know how difficult it must be as an offensive coordinator to call plays for Taylor Heineke? You know how tough that might be? You know how limited you are offensively in that scenario and situation? It's tough. It really is. It really is. Let's go to Devontae from PG Wants to What's going on, Bubba? Hey, what, what's going on, what'd man? What you learn, bro? We got to go rapid fire here. All right, check this out. The risk, well, I'm sorry, the commanders have had 11 quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins left this city. Besides Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke has outperformed all of them. He outperformed them when you played versus Tampa Bay oh in the playoffs. Lord. And since then, 
he's had he's had whenever he gets in the game, Washington goes on uh, game winning win streaks. What about the games, fifteen? Games row, what about the fifteen games he started last year? How See, can listen, you ignore you're, that? You're, you're, Right, I get that, but you're talking about the, the numerical stats, but you got to look at that. Who cares about stats? I look care at, about wins and losses. And right now, he's like clearly said, holding this football team back. And anybody else who doesn't agree with that, please call in. We can have passionate discussion about it because the numbers don't do him any service. He is struggling. He's not a starter in this league. We saw him for 15 games last year. We should be past that point right now, guys. That's why I'm frustrated. He single-handedly threw you out of that football game on Sunday. He was horrendous. There's no other way to cut it. If you take out the fluke 49-yard touchdown to Curtis Samuel, he threw for 100 yards in four quarters. Yet there's still people that are trying to defend the guy. Why do you guys love this man so much? I want to know. I want to know. I understand you can respect the man's heart and moxie and grit, but you got to be able to separate that from the actual on-the-field performance. And until you guys do that, it's almost like we're wasting time having this discussion because it's uber frustrating from my standpoint. How can you not see it? How can you not see it? Let's go rapid fire here. Let's go to AP in Greenbelt. What's happening? What's going on, AP? What's it doing, Lynette? What's up, man? I'm about to blow hey, a head mask in here today. This is, this is hey, getting crazy. I'm, I'm about to blow one with you, man. I'm about to blow one with you because – like, I'm sick and tired of mediocrity, and I, will, I refuse to be satisfied by it. I refuse for coaches who see the on-field product to just continue to let such persons continue to be on the field. If they are failing or if they're not cutting it, as Doc would say, take them out. Like, I'm sorry, hurt feelings, all the – you know, I love, I love Taylor Heineken. I argue with my friends all the time, but it's like, look, dude, he ain't cutting it. He ain't the answer. Like, yeah, I love the excitement. That that, that pass thrown to Curtis Samuels should have definitely been intercepted. I mean, a hundred times. I mean, you had a better a- chance of winning the Powerball. Go to Mello and Woodbridge. What's happening? What'd you learn? Y'all getting away from the question. What'd you learn in Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings? What's going on, Lanell? Um, I've learned the same thing that you learned, bro. <laughs> that, that he's not a starter. You're not going to get an argument from me. If anything, you're going to get a parade from me for you because I wish that they would, everyone would open their eyes and see that Heineke – isn't the answer. I've also learned that the front office doesn't know how to t- properly uh, scout talent because you've had three years to get it right. And, they and you keep making the same foolish, bonehead mistakes. You know, so uh, hopefully new ownership will get in and they can flush all this out like you flush a colon. <laughs> hey, Mello, I appreciate the call. We had to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll run through the rest of these calls. Grant Paulson set to join us at about 1.15. We'll ask him the same question we're asking you guys. What did you learn in Sunday's loss against the Minnesota Vikings. Your call's next here on the Team 980. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. 
So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.